Welcome to Data Protection Gumbo, the podcast where we cook up a delicious blend of cybersecurity, privacy, and data protection topics to serve you a hearty bowl of insights. Whether you like your gumbo spicy with a dash of encryption or prefer a milder flavor with a side of compliance, we've got you covered. So grab a spoon, sit back, and let's dive into the pot of data protection gumbo. Welcome to Data Protection Gumbo. I'm your host, Demetrius Malbro. And on this episode of Data Protection Gumbo, I have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Joy Purser. And so, Dr. Purser, may I have you to introduce yourself before we get started? Sure. Thank you, Demetrius. And please do call me Joy. Currently, I'm Global Leader of Field Cybersecurity at Veritas. And before that, I was at CISA, which is the U.S. Department of Homeland Security's Cybersecurity Agency, where I was a senior government official as regional director of CISA Region 4. I was responsible to get to know CISOs for critical infrastructure organizations like financial services, telecoms, the energy sector and help them better understand how the threat landscape was evolving and how to better protect their staff and the infrastructure from cyber threats. Before that, I was at PricewaterhouseCoopers leading the enterprise risk management process for large clients with 10,000 staff. And prior to that, I spent nine years at the Pentagon working with the U.S. military to audit multi-billion dollar IT systems, such as for electronic health records and personnel and pay systems. That included one year at the White House, where at the Office of Management and Budget, I was the budget lead for the $93 billion Department of Defense research portfolio. And that included a deeper dive into the semiconductor or chips supply chain issue where I helped to galvanize the federal government and industry to better support that supply chain for advanced integrated circuits. Earlier in my career, I had stints on Capitol Hill and as a research scientist. Awesome. That is a um, a super awesome background, and you have a lot of experiences there. Uh, and, and I really want to tap into, uh, I, as far as I know, you, you recently attended the Large Security Conference RSA. Is that, is that correct? That's right. Just I, I heard and I also read some some great takeaways from others around their experiences at at RSA. And I, I really would like to hear from you uh, overall, just kind of what you saw and what were some of your major takeaways from the RSA conference this year? Demetrius, we are definitely post-COVID times because there were thousands of vendors there. I was on the the vendor floor and it was just amazing how many different booths there were and how unclear it was what different vendors deliver. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They had some great swag, but it was, it was just astounding the different variety of advertising and different products and services that were offered this year. Truly, at RSA, there's something for everyone. There were presentations that were more high-level strategic keynotes by some of the best-named people in the industry. And then there were also more technically focused deep dives into everything from governance, regulation, legal compliance, to all aspects of cybersecurity. So really, 
it was it was just a tremendous variety of of different vendors and topics that were there. Yeah. That was sort of my first level okay. of thing that I noticed. Awesome. And and since it was a primarily security focused conference, it, did you see anything related to backup and recovery? Because I know that, you know, back in the day when I was a backup administrator about what, wow, it's 15 plus years ago, it backup was a separate entity and security was also completely separate from backup and recovery. And now with things like ransomware, both have also merged together as part of that complete comprehensive, you know, cybersecurity strategy. What, what type of backup companies th- did you see there, if, if any? Well, Veritas was there. Yeah. Shameless plug because I work at Veritas. And, and so, so do I. And of course, Veritas has been making data backup systems for 30 years and really has built on a mountain of technical innovation to do some things that competitors can't do. There were a few companies, but I think one trap is that some companies claim that they can do everything. Mm -hmm. And the number of companies that mentioned the term single pane of glass was just huge. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's a really treacherous territory to tread because the, the field is so broad to say that your company is the best at the detection, perimeter detection and monitoring, you know, the, the ability to monitor once a breach occurs and there's anomalous activity within the network. Mm-hmm or even the backup and restore. I mean, those are all really specialized capabilities and they're part of a layered defense strategy. But I think it's really dangerous to claim that you can do all of them. And so, you know, Veritas, what we do very well is backup and recovery. Yes, I did see a few other companies, just one or two, but they claim to do a whole lot more than that. Mm -hmm. And so then the question really becomes, well, what is your expertise or what is the bread and butter or the thing that you do best or the highest value better than anyone else? So that's really what I was craving when I was on the vendor floor. And I didn't see a lot of that. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And I, I wish I had attended. I was, I was at KubeCon over in Amsterdam tapping into an entirely, completely different persona and audience. Yes. And that's, that's an, a really exciting space uh, to be in as well, working with, you know, developers and DevOps and DevSecOps and containers and that entire platform as well. One other thing I wanted to ask you as well, d- did you see a lot of vendors, I guess, talking about artificial intelligence being uh, within their platform or some of the new things that they have going on? Because ChatGPT is kind of the 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 craze Right now, everyone's talking about open AI and what chat GPT can do and just overall AI and ML uh, as a whole. What what did you see at the conference that was cool about maybe artificial intelligence and machine learning and where are we headed with that from a data protection perspective? Well, I heard about it in concept, but I didn't see any demos. And there's a lot of talk about the ability uh, for machine learning to transform what is viewed as an unusual movement throughout a network or an unusual pattern of behavior. Like for example, the downloading of a bunch of files after 6 PM. And that's not how, you know, usual operating procedure or the attempted repetitive access of an area that is not 
should not be accessible. Things that are, that are common cyber threats these days, like the zeroing in of the system admin or an executive to, in order to steal those credentials and to be stealthy within a network um, to move laterally to determine who those key individuals are in a business to be able to steal their credentials and then do real damage. I didn't see a lot of demonstration of the ability to detect that. So I think that that's something that's just on the horizon and then it's talked about with great excitement. Um, didn't see a lot at the, at the current day that that's being done. Okay. Okay. So no demos, more press releases and Hey, here, here, here's the, the big project that we have going on. Maybe to jump on the chat GPT and the open AI, just the artificial intelligence bandwagon and, I know it's um it, it's cool to do and it's it's cool to be a cool kid right now from that perspective. A another question for you as well, just from a ransomware perspective, do, do you see or did you see any any new technologies around the capability of being able to? Uh, I wouldn't say stop ransomware because I, I don't think you can you can stop it. Uh, maybe you can minimize uh, some of the attack vectors from that perspective, but. Well, what did you see in, in specifically around ransomware at, at RSA? You know, it's interesting. What I observed is a great deal of increased community awareness of the threat landscape, increased community awareness and dissemination of information about the threat actors and the evolving threat environment. So the, the theme this year was Stronger Together, and I think I've heard on other podcasts that there really was a sense that it's important for the collective group, for the good guys to share information um, so that they can help combat the bad guys. So I talked with folks at the FBI. They had a big presence there. Mm. Talked with CISA, the Cybersecurity Agency for U.S. Department of Homeland Security. Mm-hmm. They had a big presence there. Right. And there was a lot of free exchange of information about the threats. It's funny, Demetrius, it seems like every year there's like a a buzzword, you know. And so I think that there was a lot of buzzword around AI and machine learning and chat GPT. I think last year the buzzword was zero trust. I heard this on a a podcast (laughs) earlier today. And it certainly seemed like there was a trend in the industry of wanting to harness this technology to be able to detect this unusual behavior and do something about it before it actually develops into a ransomware situation. And, and maybe maybe a piece of advice, and I want to ask you this question, but maybe it, it's a silly question because I, I want to say, what advice would you give to a CISO that maybe wasn't able to make it to RSA and maybe he didn't have budget or she didn't have budget to send someone from from his team to attend that conference, which to me would probably sound ludicrous. <laughs> what, what advice would you give, let's say that that CISO that didn't make it to the conference, maybe a takeaway, one major takeaway uh, for them to pay attention to? Probably just to invest the time to track the field, to track what's happening in cybersecurity. CISOs know that cybersecurity is not an area where you can just read the front page of a major news outlet to understand what's going on. And so CISOs hire good people under them to report up, but then they also really need to be paying attention to the field and how it changes over time. 
whether it's the newest regulation that either the U.S., Europe, or other countries are putting into place that could be costly to a business if the business doesn't comply to what threat actors are doing and what is their motivation for why they do what they do to really help the business stay ahead of those threats. Um, it's just, there's so many different areas. And so I would, you know, go to one of my favorite podcasts, go to LinkedIn, to, to Reddit or other places on social media where both other CISOs, cybersecurity experts, companies that are, you know, principals in the business as trusted resources are saying about what happened and where the industry is going. That would probably be the best use of their very limited time. Okay, awesome. And moving on to a, a lighter subject, what, what type of swag that you see? I know there, there's always T-shirts and maybe socks and what else? What What's something cool that you saw that you maybe didn't see? Oh, man, there was so much. There was so much. I have just, there were so many bags. There were so many stickers, mm-hmm. more than I can use. Enable multi-factor authentication. That one was from CISA. <laughs> Of course, okay. there were socks. Become very picky about the socks. Mm-hmm. Come 5 p.m., there were, you know, tastes of adult beverages. There were, there were donuts. I mean, really, whatever you need, if it's something to eat, something to wear, something to write with. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't see a lot of USB sticks. <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw one vendor try and give out a USB stick, and I just shamed them mercilessly. I'm like, you're yeah. at a cybersecurity conference. Don't be giving out USB drives. Yeah, that that wouldn't make sense. And and you, you mentioned, well, I mentioned socks, and you mentioned socks, and it just reminded me of the regulation, uh, Sarbanes-Oxley, and I was like, wow, that would be cool to have on an actual sock. <laughs> yes. So... <laughs> Anyway, so yeah. Also, maybe before I let you go as well, what what's on your nightstand? What what are you reading? Any book recommendations that you can provide for for the Gumbo listeners? I always recommend Sandworm. I know that that's required reading where I live for the the small town electricity cooperatives, and it's basically about how fifteen years ago Russia turned the lights off in Ukraine in the middle of winter and how really that was one of the first documented cyber kinetic actions in terms of, you know, something happened in the cyberspace that really affected people's lives in in the physical sense Mm -hmm. and how that's really, it was really a cautionary tale and sadly was foreshadowing of a lot of what we see today in terms of the global threat environment. So that book is called Sandworm. Okay. And I guess that that book was written well before the actual situation that's happening right now with with Russia and, and Ukraine. So I guess it was a little foretelling, as you said. That's right. All right. Well, it has been super exciting to just tap into what you saw, what you heard over at RSA 2023 and uh, I am hoping that also the Gumbo listeners will take away a, a couple of nuggets uh, of information just uh, from those learnings and just from a cybersecurity perspective. So any any final closing thoughts you would like to leave or maybe even shout outs? Demetrius, I do love the Gumbo theme because I think it goes so well with cybersecurity and that there's you know a bit of spiciness to it usually. Um, it has a regional flavor sometimes, can be made in different ways, and there's a lot of different elements to it. So 
I think that that's a great analogy for cybersecurity. And so, you know, at the end of the day, businesses go wrong when somebody clicks a link that they shouldn't. So people need to be trained on what looks suspicious or what doesn't look right to prevent that kind of thing. I think multi-factor authentication can prevent probably 90% of cyber hacks. Not all MFA is created the same. It should be based on something you know and something who you are and something to describe you. And so with those type of elements, I think businesses need to pay more attention toward phishing resistant MFA. So I think that that's a little nugget that I could leave as something on the horizon that's developing. Hmm. Okay. I haven't heard of that. So you're going to make me do, do a little bit of research there. All right. Well, um, also, before I end the episode, I would like to also put a plug in for the Backup and Recovery Professionals LinkedIn group that I run, uh, which has over 25,000 backup and recovery and storage and security professionals in it. Uh, it is a, a great group to have conversations with your peers around all of those topics. So just go to LinkedIn and search for Backup and Recovery Professionals and you'll find the group. So uh, thank you again. Enjoy. I really appreciate you spending time with us today on Data Protection Gumbo. Thanks, Demetrius. <laughs>